this is the end of the best week of the year. Does anybody agree with me? Christmas week is the best week of the year. I absolutely love it. And it's incredible because I love this Christmas season. Everything about it, all the bright lights and drive around and see the lights. You know, John, your son, like they, have you seen the new thing with the LED lights where you put your radio on? John's son's got one of those. And it's like this crazy show and it's all this bedazzle stuff. And it's a season of showing off a little bit of bling. All y'all dressed up a little bit nicer than you do on Sunday. I see you. I dressed up today. This is as good as you're going to get. My wife made me dress up like this. I, I walked down to the room saying, I feel like I look like Bob Saget from Full House. Anybody over the age of 30 will get that reference. Everyone can not, you can't unsee that now, can you? Everything's a little shiny. Everything's a little nice and extravagant. We, we do it ourselves, right? Like this church, we're building into this. As you can tell, there's all kinds of craziness happening. Uh, the sound was a little bit weird because we've been putting in walls and exits and changing different things. And so every time we come in here, it's a little bit weird. But we put up a beautiful Christmas tree. We uh, decorated it. Jackie, you decorated it. It's beautiful. Uh, we don't mess around, but everything's extravagant. And, you know, you got the IG filters going on. You all know what I'm talking about. You know, you got where you, you look shiny, you look the best. But it's beautiful. But one of the things that's interesting is that this is a time of magnificence, right? We know that. It's a time of beauty. And the, it's an amazing story. But we see angels that showing up all over the place. We, we see a, a star moving into place right over the stable. We, we see these guys, the magis, they, the, that are coming from the east and they're riding on the Rolls Royce of camels, right? Not like the Honda Civic like me and Meg drive, but they're, they're, going, they're going there and there's all this majesty. We see that. But we also see this when we read the story. We also see this. We see that there's something important about the character of God in the story of the birth of Jesus. We see something important about who God is and what God is trying to accomplish through the birth of story. The whole story of Jesus is clear that he's doing this. The entry of the world for Jesus was not what we thought or what people thought was going to happen. If you're a rock star or if you're a superhero or you're a mega star like the Messiah of the world, you would normally show up a little bit different than the way Jesus did. You know, look, I'm a marketer and I see how these things work. And so if I was in the marketing department with God, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. We have to change the way that we're going about this, right? You see all the tricks that people do to make a big splash and you you see that that things go a certain way and, and you see that there would be need to be a different strategic plan. We, we see that he's first going to be born in a city that has no significance whatsoever, right? We, we see this, that he's going to not only be birthed in a city that has no significance, it's also, we also see that he is going to be born in a stable. He's going to be born in a barn. And, and, and you'd be like, yo, you have to get the best hotel in Jerusalem. This is how the Messiah of the world is supposed to come in. Don't you understand that this is the one who's going to save the world? And God says, no, it's something different. This is the king of the world. This is the prince of peace. This is the almighty God. But Jesus is going to be born in the most humble of ways. We see this. God has him born into a very average family. Nothing special, nothing elite. Mary and Joseph, they have no social status whatsoever except that they're from the line of David that fulfills the prophets. But we see this, he's born in a city 
that's far away from any sort of power. There's no central power in the city of Bethlehem. And we see extraordinary things happening in a very common story. And in this humble way, it says something about the heart of God. This humility says something about the heart of God. This is how the incarnation starts. This is the story. We find the Savior of the world. The birth has taken place in a barn, nothing to wrap him with except for some cloth. And they put Jesus in a manger. They put Jesus in a food trough, food trough, laying with just some torn clothes. And it breaks the paradigm of how this is all supposed to work. And God goes one step for, for, uh, further. It's a time where he's ready to announce the birth. And nowadays, it's a little bit different on how we do birth announcements. I don't know if you're in the age of people in your life having birth announcements, but we've gone a little bit crazy when it comes to birth announcements. Am I right? First off, you got the announcement party. That was not a thing 10 to 8 years or 8 and 10 years ago when I had my kids. You have the announcement party. Then you have to craft the perfect IG post, the perfect Instagram post. I see it, right? I'm, I'm looking at those people that are going through this right now. Then you got the gender reveal party. Am I right? This is a whole nother level where you have to blow something up or, you know, I don't know, even know what you do. But then you got the photographer in the room. This is a new thing where there's photographers while you're giving birth. That's completely crazy to me. And you got the perfect announcement card that has to go out, right? It's crazy. And then you got this story. God does this to announce the Messiah, the Savior of the world coming. Again, the marketing here is just completely off. God decides to announce to this group that he has sent the Messiah, and he does it to people who have the lowest status. He doesn't go to the religious elite. He doesn't go to the political elite. He doesn't go to anybody with social status. Instead, he goes to the shepherds, and not only the shepherds, but he goes to the shepherds who are on night duty. These are like the lowest of the low. These are the, pe these are the people that get picked to stay up all night and watch this flock to keep them away from wolves and to keep them away from thieves. And, and in the dead of night, in total darkness, the, to the humblest of humbled, we see this. God comes in in a magnificent way, but into the humblest of humblest people. Luke 2, 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Light invades darkness on this night. The angel of the Lord comes, and it says that he's radiated glory. The, the glory of the Lord is on these angels, and the response is that it terrified them, right? And the Greek here, the terrified, it literally means the fear, they feared a great fear. It's like the, the worst fear that you could ever imagine. There's intensity in their fear. Now keep in mind, when you look at the whole biblical text, anytime that you see the invisible world invading the visible world, suddenly this happens and all of a sudden there is the same response. The same response is the fear comes on people. Daniel 10, 7 through 8. We see a glimpse and a vision. It says, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Why? Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, 
and I was helpless. This is what happens when you see, when the invisible becomes visible here on earth. Daniel says it. These guys couldn't even hang with me. They had to run away. And I stood there with no strength left, my faith face turning deathly pale, and I was completely helpless. This is what's happening to these shepherds. We see it with Zechariah. Remember when the angel visits him to tell him about John the Baptist, Luke 1, 12. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. This is crazy stuff. When the invisible realm of, of God becomes visible in the field, in complete darkness, and the angel tells them this, don't be afraid because they must have been shaking in their boots. And they were experiencing this. And there's so much power that comes on to these humblest of people. And this is how God decides to set things into motion. It's crazy to think about. They hear the significance of the birth and it's plainly revealed to these humble characters. And they are told the good news will be for all people. Luke 2.11, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The angel says, look, here is who Jesus is. Jesus is the savior. He's the deliverer for all people. Anyone that needs saving, he is the center of what God is going to do on earth to save and deliver his people. And we see this, Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Christ that everyone's been waiting for. He tells the shepherds, he's the Christ, he's the Messiah. He's the one you all have been waiting for. And then he says this, and not only that, but Jesus is Lord. He is mighty God himself. He's going to exercise authority and power and presence here on earth. And remember, all of this is happening in a field. The angel of the Lord, the invisible comes into the visible space. He goes to the humblest of humblest, and he goes and he sets this all into motion. This is the God that we serve, and this is the Jesus that we serve. Can I get an amen in this room? All this is happening, and it's revealed to the lowest on the social scale. That's who our Lord is. And they're told that they will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And we pick up the story here. When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see the things that have happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. The shepherds are coming off the greatest adrenaline kick that you could ever imagine. This is like him, them just busting like 36 Red Bulls right in a row, right? You had just experienced this where the angel comes, light comes and invades darkness. It's like crazy. You're told that the Messiah has come and you are just there shaking. And this is how they respond. I imagine they would be like, why us? But they're jacked. And I love the simplicity of their faith because they say this. Let us go. They don't say this. Let us go and see if it's true. They say this. Let us go and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they find what they said was going to be there. And what do we see? Luke 2, 17 through 20. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these sayings and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, 
which were just as they had been told. There are three reactions to the birth story of Jesus that serve as guideposts for us. And it's loaded here. Anyone of any social status, anyone that feels insignificant tonight, I'm telling you what God did and how God responds in this moment is a guidepost for us. All of us can take notes from this passage right here. First, the shepherds. They have two experiences or they have two reactions and they're, they're, they're the same in my experience. The first is that they what? They spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. Before they return to the fields, they start spreading the word. This is huge. I hear this. Shepherds, lowly, humble people of the field, no big platform or reason for people to believe them, have an experience with the living God, and they become the first evangelist. They're the ones that set everything into motion. And we see this, the baby, the shepherds were the first messenger that we've seen after the baby. The shepherds were the first messengers to proclaim the arrival of the Messiah of the world. And people listened and they heard and they were amazed. For some reason, we often back away from sharing Jesus. But what we see is that there's a theme around the Gospels and around Jesus' life. Whenever it's shared, there's an amazement about the proclamation of the Savior of the world. This world needs saving more than ever before, probably. And we see this. Things get set into motion on this night. And we follow the example of these little shepherds who share what they have experienced with the living God. And throughout the text, we see people experience Jesus and they're simply amazed, they're astonished, there's a sense of wonder. And then God incarnate in the person of Jesus and he starts us all in motion and sets the example for us with some shepherds. Only God can orchestrate this. Now the second thing the shepherds do is it says that they glorify and praise God. The same reaction as when the angels had come into the invisible, come into the visible from the invisible, we see this, the lowly shepherds are full of emotions and amazement and they start glorifying the God just like the angels. And we've heard this over and over again. They had heard and seen what was going to take place and they went and saw it and they went and they glorified God. Now we see Mary, the humble servant who has been going through so much to get to this point, who has an angel, we read it earlier, has an angel who comes down and shares this incredible news that she will have a baby who will be the savior of the world, but the angel doesn't go into details. And I can just imagine what Mary's experiencing, right? Uh, if you've ever been on this faith walk, you know what Mary's been experiencing. Like, Lord, I said yes, why did things just get tougher? You know what I'm saying? Do you ever have that? Where, where Mary must have felt like, man, I'm willing to do this, but it's going to be a little bit easy, right? No, we see this. We find that she's going to have a baby. This is going to be the savior of the world, but she has no idea what's about to happen to her. The risk that she has to take, the judgment and the rumors she must have faced being an unmarried but pregnant woman, traveling long distance while being pregnant, getting to that location and finding that there's no room. And so she has to go into a stable of all the nights on that night while she's in the stable, it all starts to take place. The birth pains begin. Probably the water broke. 
and things begin to set into motion. Of all the nights this night, and the long, painful process of birth takes place. There must have been exhaustion. There must have been anguish. But if you've ever been in that room where you're having a baby, in all the pain and the long suffering, there's also love and joy that's filling up in her at the same time. All the spectrums of human emotions that comes with giving birth to a child is in that stable. And we see that this visit from the lowly shepherds and all that was going on in that night, we see her reaction, and I think it should be our reaction as well. She pondered them in her heart. We're not very good at pondering, people. Mary was good at pondering. You see it throughout the scriptures. Mary knew probably more than anyone else what was taking place, what was setting in motion. She knew that God was fulfilling on a promise. She knew the significance of the baby that was being born, that God was doing something and was setting something into motion that not only would change her life, but was going to change all of humanity in that moment. And Mary did what? The shepherds ran out and they shared the news. The shepherds went out glorifying and, and Mary simply did this. She pondered. She knew that in that humble setting, something magnificent was taking place. She was seeing humanity in all its forms on that night. Remember in Luke 1, she has a history of this. It's one of my favorite passages. Mary's song. Once the angel comes in, she is a woman who ponders things on her heart. We see this. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will be called blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. In this stable, in this manger, when the angel comes and delivers the news, we see this, that Mary ponders on the things of God. It's such an important thing. It was so often we can miss this Christmas season. We can tomorrow get so filled up with presents and kids waking you up at 545. That's going to happen to me. Uh, that with getting the quiches in the ovens. Can I, get, can I get amen on that? You got so many things going on. And Mary did as well. And yet she sat there and she pondered things in her heart. The shepherds come and set things into motion. Mary knows what's going on. And the humblest of characters, people that if you were running a marketing campaign, you'd be like, no way are these people involved. They change human history in this moment. And we see God's greatness invading space and time. I'm going to call the worship team up. Here's my challenge to you this Christmas. Yes, it's time to share the good news. 
Yes, it's always good to be praising the name and giving glory to God. But I think we miss stuff when we don't ponder on the Lord. When we don't spend time just thinking, Lord, what did you set in motion and what are you setting in motion? When we don't spend time just thinking about the things that the Lord has done. There is power in this. I think there's power in this. I, I think it's important that Luke shared this. I think, I think Luke shared this for a reason. I think Luke shared Mary's song for a reason. Because we see what it looks like to ponder, to think on God's mercy, to think on what he did there on this, in the stable. So today, tomorrow, whatever, I challenge you, whether you're a believer or you're not, I challenge you to do this, to ponder on the things of God, to, to ask questions, to think, think, what if this is true? What if it is true that the Savior of the world came? How would that change things? What if it is true that there's fulfillment in the things of the Word of God? What if there is a way for me to get rid of this anxiety and worry and frustration and stress, to give things away to the God of the universe who set things into motion on this humblest of nights? And I challenge you to ponder on these things because we are not a society of pondering. Can I, can I hear that? When's the last time you pondered? Dead serious. It's been a long time for me too. And it's clear in this moment that when we do, we understand the significance of what's happening. Go ahead and stand up. On that night in the stable, the angels came to the shepherd and they told him, they told them, who is coming? Who is going to be born? And, and they said this, he's the savior. He's the deliverer. For those that don't yet believe, he's the savior and he's the deliverer. You need to hear that. You may not understand this about yourself, but that feeling that you have where you're like, this doesn't make sense. This, this life doesn't make sense. He's coming and he's saying, that's because I've come to save you. I've come to deliver you from all the mess that you've created in your own way or the way that, uh, that's been created around you. And the Savior is coming and saying, there is a future for you. And I know you. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. The one that's been told about since the history of the world. This is no small thing. Yes, it's a baby born in a manger. But it's a baby who was told thousands of years ago. But he's also Lord over your life. All power and authority and majesty is in the person of Jesus. All of dominion rests on his shoulders. This baby is born and set into motion. He's the Lord over all the earth. And God in that moment is answering this question. Is there more to life than this? This seems so meaningless. This seems so just pointless. And he, the, the Lord is saying, I'm setting things into motion. And all the world is saying, look at me. Look at the flash. Look at, uh, look at all, all the things I'm doing. I'm taking selfies. I'm, 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 uh, I'm being uh, the, the center of attention. And he's saying, the Lord's saying, don't you see I've always done this in the most humble of ways. And the Lord is saying, I'm knocking on your heart right now. 
And the Lord is saying, if you just answer, if you just open up, I'm telling you, a flood of peace and joy and love is going to come into your heart. In the stable, in the stable, a little virgin woman gave birth to the Savior of the world, and God says, that's who I am. I'm going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, you are so good. You sent your son in the most humble of ways to forgive us of our sins. All the mess and the muck and the, the, the things that we've done to hurt ourselves and hurt other people. All that's gone in Jesus' name when we just believe. And Lord, I just feel some of us are just holding on. Just holding on to control, holding on to our lives, not, not wanting to believe, thinking, man, this is pointless. And Lord, you're saying, no, 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 on that night, this is all factual. On this night, I birthed my son for you. So Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are believers and who are not yet believers. Lord, I pray that there would be just time tomorrow where we just ponder. We just sit and think on the things of God. We open up the story and we read and we just say, what if this is true? We ponder on these things. Because if it's true, and I believe that it's true with my whole heart, it changes everything about humanity. It changes everything about who I am. It changes everything about my relationship with others. It changes everything about death because it no longer has its sting. So Lord, I pray that over each person, that we would understand the significance of that stable birth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.